month, I, I wanted to start on a series called Excellent. And I spoke to you about Excellent Way a few weeks back, but this month I want to talk to you about Excellent. And then today I want to talk to you on Excellent Worship. You know, everybody is attracted to excellence. You know, nobody, you know, I don't know anybody that if they had a choice of excellence or not good, they would ever choose not good. It's true. You know, uh, people always ask you, you know, when you go to eat, you always want to find the, the most excellent place to eat, right? It's not, oh, no, man, don't go there. And they'd be like, I want to go there. You know, one does that. And so it's because excellence is attractive. And, and, and so when we talk about excellent worship, everybody's like, oh, I want to be a, a true worshiper. And in John 4, it talks about being a true worshiper because it, it says uh, God is a spirit and they that worship me must worship me in spirit and in truth. And while we understand that, but to have excellent worship is another form of worship. Because oftentimes we think worship uh, is something that we, we do uh, as we sing in church, and definitely that is one form. But I'm going to talk to you uh, today about excellent worship and what it really means to be a true and the highest form of worship. Because when you have the highest form of worship, you can't get more excellent than that. Let's look at Psalms chapter 1, uh, or 148 and verse 13. It says, let them praise the name of the Lord for his name alone. Everybody say, his name alone, his name alone. Is, excellent. is excellent. Wow, what? Wait a minute. Let them praise the name of the Lord for his name alone is excellent. You know, that word excellent there also means exalted. His name alone should be exalted. His glory is above the earth and heaven. Look at Psalms 150 and verse 1 through 6. It says, praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in his mighty firmament, praise him for his mighty acts, praise him according to his excellent greatness. Do we serve an excellent God? Yes. Then, then we ought to worship him with excellence. Now we go to Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. Here the Apostle Paul says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because all of all he has done for you, let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will be learned to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. I'm reading out the New Living Translation. But in the King James Version, it says this, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Or in another way, this is the truly way to worship him. And do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Everybody's asking, Pastor, I want to be in the perfect will of God. But our life sometimes contradict what we say. 
Heavenly Father, we pray over this word, for your word is life, let it be living. Anoint our minds that we understand, our ears that we may hear, and our heart we may receive. Lord, we serve you who is excellent. So we want to do everything with excellence. We want to have a worship to be excellent that is pleasing to you. Help us today, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You know, oftentimes people asked me, Pastor, he said, uh, you talk about being excellent, uh, uh, but what does that really mean? Uh, how do we know? You know, uh, I often say it like this. Uh, it's hard to describe excellence, but when you see it, you know it. Um, it's hard to explain it, uh, but when you see it, uh, it's in order. So excellence is in order. The first thing you would find that any person with excellence, there are things that are in order. You know, uh, because God can, does everything by order. It doesn't mean that it's our order, but it's his order. Uh, look at how he created uh, of the earth. In the book of Genesis chapter 1, it says, uh, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was well formed and void, and darkness was over the face of the earth, and the Spirit of the Lord hovered over the face of the earth, and the Lord God said, Let there be light, and there was light. You cannot have trees before you have light. And so uh, oftentimes when we uh, become Christians, the world understands excellence better than the Christian church. Because when we walk into God's house or we walk into the Christian faith, we forget uh, excellence because we think that God would put up with anything we want to do. Oh, you all quiet today. But everything with God is there are reasons and orders to everything he does. And before uh, the, word, the planet can grow, there has to be light. But now I'm going to get you because the fourth day of the, uh, the book of Genesis, the fourth day is when God created the, the lights in heaven. So when he spoke, let there be light, which light was that? It was the light of the inspiration of God's word. So you cannot have anything until you begin with God. Oh, man, see, y'all are sleeping today. And so you cannot have anything until you begin the word of God. And so the reason why most people do not grow is because the word of God is really not inspirational to them. It has not been revealed in their life. And that's why when God says, for anything to live that I create, I have to speak life or light because my light gives you life. And the Bible says in John and that he says that if you follow me, you will no longer walk in darkness, but you will have the light of life. Oh. See, I know y'all just get the video after and you can follow me. I told you today I came with a burden. I pulled up to the church and I just felt this burden over today. But I, I want to tell you to have excellent worship is not what you sing or what, how you dance or how you raise your life. That is definitely part of a worship. But we have become used to uh, uh, having worship only when the music is playing, only if uh, Pastor Jeremiah is playing the right song or, oh, that song moved me now. I feel like worship. No, 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 no. True worship is not about the music. True worship is God-centered. But if you really want to have excellent worship in your life, you have to first be inspired by God's word. Amen. 
Because when you are inspired by God's word, you realize that uh, worship is not the songs you sing or how, fat, how high you can raise your hand or how much you can dance before the Lord. And all those things are wonderful. But all those things are invalid the moment we step out of church and have not inspired by the Lord because you cannot go home with Pastor Jeremiah even though you want to and he sings and he can play but he cannot come to your house every day and they're surely excellent in worship excellent worship have to be certain order you know, oftentimes we, we say, but pastor, you know, uh, I, I, get, I get a kick out of people when they become Christians and they come into the church and uh, uh, all of their uh, logic in the corporate world makes a lot of sense. But when they come to church, all that logic goes out of the door. All common sense, everything they've learned. They're just like, now God is just free and, and there's no structure, there's no nothing. And I'm not talking about structure to a point where you become legalistic. I'm talking about structure in a point that God demands a certain thing about our life. And that when people look at you and I, they look at you and they see excellence. Because excellence is well put together. Hallelujah. You know, it's like today, you know, my... The way I dress, it was on purpose. Well, I dress like this on purpose all the time. <laughs> but it takes thought. It's because why? When you come and you're in shambles, right? And, and, and I'm not talking about legalistic. I'm not talking about legalism. But when you go to work on your job and you're an executive of a corporation, there is a certain amount of, uh, uh, of requirement, uh, even though they don't tell you. But if you're a VP of a billion-dollar company, uh, uh, of a major Fortune 500 corporation, there's a certain way you look. It's funny. Uh, I, I remember... Uh, listening to a great athlete say, uh, and they were uh, of minority, you know, they were, uh, uh, he had dark skin, he was an African American, <clears throat> and he would encourage, and he's a Hall of Famer, and he would encourage all the young athletes that are professional, he said, man, dress better, come with a suit and tie, <coughs> excuse me, and they're like, why? And they look at the uh, coach, you know, one of the coaches, he was a Caucasian man, and he would wear a hoodie standing on the sideline or, or doing anything. And I remember him saying this, the African-American athlete said like this, he said, uh, stop looking at how he is, he is not you. Bible says, come ye out and be ye separate, and I'm not talking about legalism. Uh, I'm okay with wearing shorts. I'm, I'm okay with uh, uh, T-shirts and, and blue jeans. I, I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about that in the way we worship and present our life, is it with order and with excellence? Oh, because everything God does is with order and excellence. Uh, I'm reminded the story of Ezekiel <clears throat> when he was in the valley of dry bones, and the Lord says, look upon the valley. And he it says, can those bones live? And he said, yeah, yeah God, you know. <coughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Now, he couldn't put skin on those bones until he put sinews on the bones. What? He, he couldn't put skin on those bones until, until there were muscles on the bones. He could not put skin until there were cartilage on the bones. Skin came after it's because God has a God of process and order. Oh. 
And yet we come to God and we are unprepared, we are undriven, uh, and our life becomes uh, uh, in shambles. The reason why we are, are uh, many people are not growing is because they are putting certain things out of order in their life. Their, their mouth says certain things, but their life and their actions is not the same. See, excellent worship is more than the song you sing. It's more than the little dance you do, because I, I like to dance before the Lord. You guys seen me do it. It's more than, than just uh, uh, playing the right notes. It's more than uh, a practice. It, it, it's excellence is meaning, God, you are the center of everything I do. Amen. Think about it. When, when God is the center of everything you do, everything you do, he's the center. See, when, when God is the center of every do, your, uh, uh, everything you do, then your, 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 your God will be the center of your children. Then your, your God will be the center of your marriage. Then your God will be the center of your job. Uh, because then you begin to pray for your job. Then you begin to pray for your boss that you don't like. Then you begin to pray for the co-worker that gets on your nerve. Then because God becomes the center. Because you realize that when you look up and God is the center, then the job that you have is because of the favor of God. And then God becomes the center of your business. And when your business and you're praying about your business, you realize that God has blessed you with the ability to be an entrepreneur and, and, and a president. Then you begin to pray for your workers. And then when God is the center of your business or the center of your company, then you be praying, Lord, if I have to hire somebody, Lord, let me let you bring the right person to fit in. See, when God is the center, you won't be saying, God, how come? How come? How come? You begin to say, God, how can I pray? You know why most people really... And I say this, I shared this with a, a, a young man, and I said uh, oftentimes uh, people or wives have a hard time submitting to their husband, and it's just like the church. Many people go to church, but they have a hard time submitting their life to God. You know why? It's because they don't really trust God. A lot of times uh, people uh, have a hard time of totally submitting is because they don't really trust the leaders that are leading them. Because when you totally trust them, and then you know that they're always looking out for you. I remember uh, explaining this to my daughter today, and I said, do you understand what submission means? And she said, no. I said, you play on a volleyball team. You're an athlete, okay? And I said that when your coach tells you to do something and you do not do it, that means you don't trust her direction. And when you don't trust her direction, then you will do your own thing. And when you do your own thing, it might not work out or it might work out, but you don't know. And see, uh, with us, excellent worship is saying, God, I trust you to 100% so that I give you my life and you become the center of my life. See, excellence requires order. Excellence requires sacrifice. Look at what Paul says. Brother and sister, I plead to you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done, let them be a living and holy sacrifice. You know what that means? It means that your body is not your own because the Bible says it, it is the temple of the Holy Spirit. When you give your body to the Lord, that means you give him everything. You give him your, your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. When you give it to him, it becomes a sacrifice, not because uh, uh, of anything difficult, but you sacrifice your own will for his will. See, oftentimes, we want to do excellent worship, but excellent worship 
requires some sacrifice on our behalf to say, God, I'm a living sacrifice because when people look at me, they're actually looking at you. You ever meet people that they talk a good game, but they never follow through? We've got a lot of people we know like that, right, that live a life, but they never follow through. How about uh, excellent worship is not what you do in here in, uh, in the church, but excellent worship is what you do out there or out there when people that uh, aren't playing the music. That excellent worship is your life. The highest form of worship, brothers and sisters, is not singing how high the song, but the highest form, the most excellent form of worship is obedience. Obedience. Are we really obedient to everything God has? Are we really obedient and trusting God for everything that we say? I know a lot of people, and, and sometimes I myself say, God, I trust you, but then when things don't work out the way I want, I say, God, where you at? How many has done that? I've done that. When we don't get it our way, we begin to uh, question, God, how come? How come? How come I didn't see? How come it didn't happen? I thought I loved you. I thought you loved me. But you have to understand, it has nothing to do with that. You have to trust and know that God has his best interests for your life. Let's look at the book of Acts, chapter 16. I'm going to show you something. In Acts chapter 16, this is the Apostle Paul and Silas. They had rebuked a young lady full of demons, and she was delivered from demonic activity. Okay, And look at what verse 22 and 30 says. And the people, the multitude, rose up together against them, and the master, uh, magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten. Listen, y'all, anybody have ever been beaten? With rods, you know, now I'm like, yeah, my mama. Yeah. Yes, I've been there. Right? And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them in the inner prison and fastened their feet in their stock. They are not just been beaten, y'all. Uh, they have not just been taking their clothes and they're naked, but the Bible says they would throw them into the deepest, darkest part of the dungeon and their legs were tied or chained and then, but the Bible says, but at midnight. See, brothers and sisters, it's easy to sit there and we trust God, but when we don't get it our way, But then it says, but at midnight, everybody say, but at midnight. Paula and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. See, brothers and sisters, oftentimes I, 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 I deal with this, and I, maybe you don't, but I deal with it. When we don't see God's way and we, we go through hardships, we don't really praise God like we should. We complain, God, I wish my, fam my husband would act better. Oh, God, I wish my daughter or my son would act better. Oh, God, I, I wish that you would bless me this way or that. But this is Paul and Silas. They were not just normal people. They were working. The, they were preaching the gospel, and they got beaten. And not only they got beaten, they were naked. And not only they were naked, they were beaten and naked and sore and thrown in prison for something they did on behalf of God. 
and thrown and locked up. But at midnight, they did what Psalms 148 and what Psalms 150, praise the Lord. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is excellent. You know what they were saying? They said, Lord, I can be beaten. I can be naked. I can be in prison. I can be uh, accused wrongly. But God, I'm going to praise you for your name alone is excellent. Sometimes, brothers and sisters, things just don't work out. Sometimes we can't have it our way because Burger King is not in the spiritual realm. We cannot always have it our way. But what we can have is God, instead of complaining, be like Paul and Silas say, at midnight I am going to sing and praise so that everybody can hear me. Are we really praying and singing that everybody hear us or are we complaining that everybody hears us? See, I'm talking to myself. It's okay. I'm going to listen to this for myself. Because it's easy to say, God, I'm not getting it. But wait a minute. These brothers were being beaten. And I can imagine, if it were, probably, I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you. Man, when I read this about Paul and Silas, I don't know if I could do what they do. Because I'm like, Lord, where, where are you at? I mean, I'm preaching the gospel, and my body's aching. I'm naked. I'm in prison, and this place smells. I'm uncomfortable, and now you want me to lift my hands and start praying and singing hymns? It's easy. See, uh, we think we got troubles, but they really got troubles. Because they don't know if they're ever going to see their family again. They don't know if they're ever going to see their, their loved ones again. They don't ever see, know if Paul doesn't even know if he ever see Timothy again, who is like his son. And then uh, this is what they do is to begin to worship. We think we have problems. They had some problems. But immediately, immediately. See, the, the thing about it is we... we live our life, and people hear our complaints more than we, they hear our praise. Oh. How come God didn't answer my, my prayer, Pastor? How come this doesn't happen? How come this doesn't happen? How come this or how come that? How come? All we hear is how come. And I've done it. I'm not pointing fingers. I'm pointing fingers at me. But at midnight. You know, it's amazing to me. How can they do this? Seriously, think, th you know, we read it, we don't think about it, but really, let me, anybody got a stick, anybody want to volunteer, let me beat you a little bit? <laughs> and let me just beat you on the back, yeah, yeah. Does anybody want to give me their back and let me beat you for a good 30 minutes hard? And how about we rip off your clothes and just beat you naked? And, and, then, and then we just tie you in the corner and throw cold water on you and say, you a Christian? And then at midnight, we hear you praise God. See, we, we read it, but we really don't conceive it because all we see is our problem, and our problem, is we think it's so big. And, and they are because it's relative. But the reason is, is we don't praise is because we really don't trust. 
We really don't pray because we really don't trust that God has his best interest. And I could imagine Paul and Silas, of all the people that could have complained, they're the ones that could have complained. Really. Lord, I was just trying to preach the gospel. Really. The brother, we weren't at a party. We weren't at a, nothing. But I see it all the time. Why don't God fix my marriage? Why don't God fix my children? Why don't God fix my job? Why don't God fix my work? Why don't God fix my church? Why don't God fix my pastor? I probably do need to get a fixing. See, the thing is, everybody hears our complaints, but what all everybody need to hear is our praise. You know, I went to a funeral last week, uh, last Monday, of Dr. Gershon's mother, who was almost 85 years old. And I remember seeing her for the last time in January when I was speaking at her son-in-law's church. And uh, here's this lady, she's, she's frail, and you know, you could tell she had been on dialysis. I remember her sitting in kind of like the middle back of the section. And I went up there, and I knelt down, and I said, hey, mama. And I always called her mama. I don't know why that is, but I always did. And I, I knelt down, and I told her, I said, man, look, you must be such a proud mother. You know, you see your son, your daughter, uh, and your son-in-law, and not only that, your son is also a minister. You know, Dr. Gershon, many of you know. And you know what, she, instead of saying, yeah, you know what, yeah, you know, no, she didn't say that to me. You know what she said? She held my hand, and she said, and I asked her to pray for me. She held my hand, and she looked me in the eye. She said, she said uh, Pastor, she said, son, I've ran my race. You run your race. And I thought to myself, here is her body frail. And what I find out is she wakes up every day since they were little kids. She would pray at 3 in the morning. Every day. And at 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock in the morning, she would run the vacuum cleaner to wake her kids up. Every day at 3 in the morning, she would pray until 4 to 5, and she'd run the vacuum cleaner, get everybody up. And I thought to myself, here's a woman that was an ordained minister. How rare is that back in her day? And she taught dance. How rare is that to be a preacher and dancing? And she was a school teacher for 40 years, teaching. You know, she didn't complain about it. I didn't hear her say, man, my body's aching. Pastor, pray for me. She just said, run your race. Uh, you know, I'm, uh, run your race. I've done all I can. Here it is. And so, brothers and sisters, for have us to have excellent worship in our life, it's about obedience, even though it doesn't feel good. Yeah. To have excellent worship is not how well you sing, but it's how well you live yeah. that people can see that your God is good. Yeah. See, though, a lot of times people complain, people don't submit, it's because they really don't trust. I, I asked my daughter today, my eldest daughter, I said, do you, you know why you submit is because you trust me. That's why. The minute you quit trusting me, you won't submit. And the same thing with God. When we, when, when you know, I, I counsel a lot of wives and husbands, and the problem is they have a problem is because the husband, uh, the wives don't trust their husbands. And the reason why is because the husband don't have a vision. They don't have a plan. See, God has a vision and he has a plan. That's why we're able to submit. God doesn't change. You ever see men that want to be women and women want to be men? That cannot happen. Because God created you for a purpose and a plan. 
And men have to have a vision for their life so they can have a vision for their wife and so they can have a vision for their life and so that they can move forward. And if a man is wishy-washy, we wouldn't call him a man. We'd call him a mouse. That's true. See, excellent worship, brothers and sisters. I love to dance. I love to sing. But excellent worship is about living your life in perfect obedience to God even when you're hurting. Even when Paul and Silas are hurting. I can't imagine when I read this again and how many times we've read it and heard it. How many times have we just said, ah, yeah, no, no. You know, I, in my world travels, of course, in some countries, I have met ministers that have been beaten because of the faith. I've met women that have been uh, taken, uh, they've taken boiling water and pour over their head and say, will you deny Christ? Would you deny Christ? And their head is bald. And we look at them, and some people don't know their story, and we think, oh, something's wrong with this woman. But the reality is because they had poured boiling water over her head because she stood up for Jesus. See, brothers and sisters, and yet they still come, and they still worship. Brothers and sisters, you want to be an excellent worshiper? Be an excellent obeyer of God. Is this helping anybody? You, you know, people want to say, I want to live excellent, but the reality is our excellence uh, is not the way God does want us to live. It's because we don't trust him, so we live it the way we want. And when we live it the way we want, uh, we negate what God has already placed in his plan. Excellent worship requires order. Excellent worship requires us uh, to follow what he has already put in I'm amazed by Paul and Silas, actually, as I read this again. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns. I don't know about you, brothers and sisters. I've traveled. If I got jet lag, I can't even lift my arm. I'm so tired. But these brothers were beaten, tied up, naked, in a dark dungeon, smelly. And at midnight, they begin to praise God that everybody can hear it. Can people hear your praise? Can people really hear your worship? Can people around you really hear you worshiping your God? Or what they hear is God hadn't done this for me. God hadn't done this for me. God didn't correct this. I'm mad at the pastor. I'm mad at the, uh, 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 the usher. I'm mad at the person doing the snacks because they didn't give me the snacks I wanted. <laughs> Think about it. Is our worship everybody can hear, or is it our complaint that everybody hears? See, excellent worship is about obedience. Excellent worship is not about just praising God with music, and those things are great, and I love it. I want to leave you with this. True worship is God-centered worship. People tend to get caught up in where they should worship, what music they should sing in, Worship and how their worship should look to other people. Focusing on those things misses the point. Jesus tells us that true worshiper worship, worship God in spirit and truth. That means we worship from the heart and the way God has it designed. Worship can include praying, reading God's word with an open heart, singing, participating in communion, and serving others. It is not limited to one act, but is done properly when the heart and attitude of the person are in the right place. 
See, brothers and sisters, when people look at you, is your life of excellent worship because you're in total obedience to God? Or is it just talk? Because the Bible says, I, I remember sharing with my kids, I said, you know what the Bible says? It says that, we, that there be people that, that say they love God with their lips, but their heart is far from him. You know what that means? That anybody could say they love you, but to really love you, they act upon it. They live their life. You imagine if you're, you're a wife, right, and your husband say he loves you and forever he's going to, and I officiated your wedding, his, and he stand before God. Many of you have stood before me and God, and I officiated your wedding. Uh, you know, I've, I've done many of them, and, and the man's like, yeah, I'm yours and yours mine. And, and, and the wife said, yeah, my heart belongs to you. And that 10 years later, that, that there are some things, and then the wife is questioning is because why? Even though he says it, but the wife knows his heart is far from her. And women have this sixth sense about that. Amen. And so does men. Could you imagine that you love somebody with everything you have, and they say they love you, but you know deep down their heart is far from you? Could you imagine that we can worship God and sing the songs and worship him and say that all oh, that worship is excellent, but the minute we leave the church and we go out into the world, we don't submit to him and we don't submit with love to him and the things. And when people look and he says, you praise good, you sing good, but your worship ain't no good. Because worship is about obedience. I'd rather be in obedience than have a great song. I'd rather have a mediocre song but be obedient. I'd rather be like Pastor Jeremiah that he had a whole set list and he gets up off his piano and starts saying, God, we need your praise, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. What he didn't know was when I was in the office, I had knelt down and said, God, get this spirit of heaviness off of me. So excellent worship is about obedience in living our life totally submitted to Christ. See, oftentimes when we go through things, when we see our family broken, we see our kids not doing the things that we want to do, it's easy to complain about it. But instead of complaining about it, start worshiping God and say, God, your name alone is excellent. Your name, you're a God that can't lie. You told me that if me and my family, God, I worship you regardless if my body's broken, like Peter, Paul, and Silas. I worship you even if I'm in prayer. I worship you even though I don't see what I want. But God, I worship you. Because Paul and Silas never thought they could even think that God, were ever, they might never even see the outdoors again. But then at midnight, they were in total obedience because we're going to worship God. That was their thing. See, their worship has nothing to do with the song, because they had no music. They definitely didn't have a piano player in the prison. Right? They didn't have all the pretty lights and the cushy seats. But they began to pray and worship. I challenge you. You know, I have a pastor in Seattle, and he had challenged his church. He called it a 21-day challenge. And it's so funny because his challenge was he gave everybody a wristband. And that wristband, I think it says, speak life. And so for the next 21 days, he doesn't want anybody to speak anything negative. Speak life. 
I think some people has taken off the wristband <laughs> after just one day. But the point of what he's trying to make is begin to look at your life and say, God, I want to live a life of excellent worship. That I trust you. Even though I don't understand it, I trust you. You know, the greatest thing that my kids can do is tell me, say, Daddy, I don't understand it, but I trust you. And they still do as I ask. Because then it's easy. Then it's not that I love them less, but it allows me to get closer to them and they to me. And wouldn't you, let me ask you something. When, when somebody does that to you, if they could say, you know what, I don't understand, but I trust you to look out for me. Does, you know what that person would do? They would go out of their way to fight on your behalf, wouldn't they? But you cannot live a life of worship without having the word of God in your life. I close you with this. You know, as Romans 12 says, as Paul was speaking, be ye not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. You cannot renew your mind on, on the worldly things and worldly wisdom, but you have to be able to renew your mind on the word of God. Because by the word of God, it says in Romans 10, 17, it says, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Let us stand. <clears throat> Let us stand. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would bless this word for those that are uh, needing a touch from you. God, we, we, here's the altar. Lord, you meet them at the altar. Maybe it's you today, uh, someone in here that you might be needing a touch from God. Or you might just want to speak with God. It, you might be in perfect obedience. Maybe you just need help. Whatever it may be, come to the altar. Spend a few minutes before you leave and just say, God, I want to be a person that even though everything around me doesn't look good, everything around me might not be what I want, but God, you said that your name alone is excellent and that there is a command to praise you. There is a command to be in obedience. So Heavenly Father, I pray for every person. If that's you this afternoon, the altar is open to you. Why we come? Can you come as a church to the altar this afternoon? Can we just come and just spend a few minutes with the Lord before we leave? I know we're early. We got a few minutes. Just let's pray and ask the Lord. Say, Lord, not by might nor by power, but by your spirit. Help me to stop complaining, but help me to praise. Help me to come, let everybody know my problem. Be begin to praise that everybody know that no matter what it seems like it's here those that are watching whatever you are just take a minute and say God I want my life to be excellent worship in total obedience with you come on let's just as they play this song let us stand before the Lord speak to him Talk to him. Tell him. Light of the world, you step down into darkness. Open my eyes, let me see. Beauty that